does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. All right, we do have Mike Tannenbaum. All right, we've got Mike, former NFL GM, ESPN, NFL analyst. Mike, we are a full-blown draft mode. As a former GM, how deep are you in draft mode on March 3rd with it being about, you know, a month and a half away? Oh, you got to be really deep because you're trying to make this context of what are we going to do in free agency? What are we going to do in the draft? And that's what's so fun about this time of year is you're trying to marry those two things. Mike, in today's NFL, we saw the Colts be able to do it when they were hiring Shane Steichen. How how tough is it inside of a front office to prevent leaks? Um, you know, that's a great question. It's never going to be perfect. You just try to do uh, the best you can. And um, you work really hard with a intimate group of people and you try to keep as many things in-house as possible. Is it kind of like the departed trying to figure out who the rat is if something does get out? Um, you know, candidly, I didn't spend a lot of time on that. I try to spend a lot of time on hiring the right people, yeah. so I didn't have to worry about that. Now, I worked in really big media markets, um, and things do get out oftentimes, I would think, indirectly. But um, you do try to remind people of like, hey, you know, this is family business here. How much of that, Mike, is amplified if you're a team that's trying to trade up and you're trying to manipulate things, keep your cards close to the chest with other teams, but also navigate to a point where you can get the guy you want to get? Uh, You know, it's the world's biggest poker game. I think that's one of the many reasons the draft is so popular. I know one year running the Jets, we went from 17 to 5 because we wanted to go up and get Mark Sanchez and we didn't have a quarterback. Um, I talked to probably every team in the league – and I think, you know, because we were so active with trades and until that trade was consummated with the Browns to go from 17 to five, um, none of us knew what were going to happen. So um, I think, you know, someone like Chris Ballard could sort of operate in the same situation, which is like, hey, everyone knows they need a quarterback, but, you know, he can wind up trading down. You just never know what's going to happen. He's Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN NFL analyst, joining us here on The Fan. If you ballpark it, Mike, from the Colts' perspective, they're at number four right now, as you know. What do you think the price tag would be to move up to number one? You know, I think it's a little bit less expensive than it was the other day, given Jalen Carter's development, to be candid. I think that helps. You know, I I, I just think now if you're, let's say, the most interesting thing to me is, and I've been on the record more than once here, if I'm the Bears, I'm taking Bryce Young. But we'll see what happens. I think a lot of the value of that pick is going to be based on, you know, what their own evaluation of Bryce Young is. I mean, if I'm the Bears, I think Bryce Young's the better quarterback than Justin Fields, and I'm just taking the player. Where has been the biggest mark or reason that you'd want to move on from Fields, Mike? Is it just the, the intangibles and the body of work of Young, or is it that you feel like he, he's not the franchise quarterback they think he is? No, I think Justin Fields is going to be a good player. Um, you know, I'm not sure if this is breaking news, but sometimes people overreact on Twitter. <laughs> and when I when I started, and when I started with this, you know, I got a lot of oh, you're anti Fields, and I'm uh, I'm not. I think he's a good player. 
I think Bryce Young has a chance to be really, really special. Um, the one number that bothers me about Fields is 140. In two years, playing 27 out of a possible 34 games, he has 140 sacks, interceptions, and fumbles, which is the most in the NFL. And again, that's only playing 27 out of a possible 34 games. Uh, give us the full breakdown on Bryce Young, if you would, Mike. Uh, you've alluded to what you like about him, but specifics in terms of the ceiling, what, what are you worried about? A lot has been made about the height, the frame. What's the, on the pros and the cons list for you with Bryce Young? Yeah, look, I've gotten to know him really well throughout this process. And, you know, candidly, like, I, he's impossible not to fall in love with. Like, I think he's a rare person. He walks into the room. I think it was Dan Orlowski that I got to give credit to this, but he really reminds me of Steph Curry. Um, I just think he has one of these, like, transcendent personalities that he's going to impact the entire program as soon as he walks in. Now, look, a lot's been made about his size, and I am a size snob. Like, I am dogmatic about wanting bigger players because over time – they last longer, so this is a big exception. But I think he's really worth it. If you look at Steph Curry, you know he was not the first player picked. You know he was doubted about his size and going to Davidson, and he's going to go down as one of the greatest players in the history of the NBA. And I think when it's all said and done, I think Bryce Young is going to have a similar career. I think he's arm strength is incredible, anticipation, his downfield accuracy is really rare, and I think he has a chance to be really special. Mike, to that same end, Brian and I have been going back and forth with it. It, it, Is the frame and his build a rightful fear of the type of hits he's going to take in the NFL or the fact that he's playing the SEC still against monsters, not NFL monsters, but future NFL monsters factor into that at all? Yeah, and I think this is why, uh, you know, it's so challenging because I think both of your points are incredibly fair, which is he's small and he withstood, for the most part, the rigors of the SEC. So, you know, that's what makes, you know, these, you know, decisions <laughs> so challenging is both of those points are incredibly fair. I just think at the end of the day, look, I think the number was like 68. I think 68 different quarterbacks started last year. So point being is you're going to need a really good backup anyway. And I'd rather have Bryce Young for 14 games or 12 games than not having him for zero. He's Mike Tannenbaum, former NFL GM, joining us here on The Fan. I'm curious, from a GM's perspective, Mike, when you look at the GMs in this draft, who's the guy that you say, man, that guy's facing a tough decision? And who's the guy that's facing a decision that you're like, I wouldn't mind having that decision if I was in his shoes? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's Ryan Poles. Uh, look, the easy decision is to turn in the car and take Will Anderson. You know, Will Anderson has impeccable character. He had an incredible workout. You know, he may be Von Miller. And if you draft Will Anderson, like, no one's going to say anything. Like, he's a really, really good player. You know, just turn in the card and you're good. Um, but the right decision very, way, may very well be to trade a very young, popular quarterback in Justin Fields. So I think he has a hard job. And I think Andy Reid has a really easy job because he has Patrick Mahomes. There you go. Mike, when you look at the other, when you look at the other top prospect in terms of quarterbacks available in C.J. Stroud, for, from a front office standpoint, like for me as a, as a fan and as a as a media member, I was very impressed with how he looked against Georgia. I, I felt like that that moved a lot for me of what I could see from him 
at the next level. Obviously, as a GM, you're taking the whole body of work, but how much does a game like that against a defense like that, if at all, sway you one way or the other on what he can do at the next level? Yeah, no, it matters. It matters a lot. And he um, had a great game against a great defense. Um, they really outplay Georgia, if you really look at it. Um, so it's really moved it for me. I think that's totally fair. I like him a lot. Uh, for me, he's number quarterback number two in this draft. How much, Mike, do you think Chris Ballard, Colts GM, was just talking about it at the Combine the other day? He was like, I know the narrative is we got to get up to one to get that guy. And he's like, I don't know if that's necessarily true. I, maybe we, we find that guy at four. How much do you think that's how he actually feels? Or is that just draft positioning, smokescreen city? Can you tell what he's actually getting at there? Yeah, I think both things are true. I think, you know, look, John Lynch got to the NFC Championship game with Mr. Irrelevant. And, um, you know, C.J. Stroud may be there at four, and they're going to have a great quarterback if they get him. Um, So I think taking somebody four is realistic, and having optionality move up is also very realistic. Mike, I I don't have it in front of me, so when you had traded up – to go get Mark Sanchez, I don't remember what you gave up to do it, but in terms of your thinking there, I'm sure you know, but in terms of your thinking there, that was obviously a move to make sure you got your guy. How impactful and important is that in a general manager's decision-making like Chris Ballard has right now where they do have potential avenue to trade up? It's a division rival that could get maybe the quarterback you want if the Texans stay at two. How much does that factor in the desire to assure you get your guy? Yeah, well, I would question your sanity if you would remember off the top of your head a trade we made over a decade ago going 12 spots for three players and two picks. So uh, I like you a lot more that you don't know the answer to that. Um, but, look, what the, the other thing I would say, though, is this, guys. Like, I traded for Brett Favre, and when he walked through the building, he just absolutely changed everything about, you know, the food tasted better. You know, everything just was better about the program because we had Brett Favre. And when you have a franchise quarterback, it changes everything. So, and I don't think you can overpay greatness. So, you know, look, I'm in the media now, and we're going to quibble if, you know, this team gives up an extra second round pick or third round pick or whatever it may be. But, you know, if CJ Stroud turns out to be a great player or Bryce Young does, um, no one's going to care. And no one cared that we gave up a third round pick for Brett Favre. Um, so to me, like you, you, you pay the bill in certain situations, and this is one of those situations. You know, Mike, we were just talking about overpaying goodness, not greatness. So which position would you rather be in as a GM, where the Colts are right now, where they don't have a quarterback, they're trying to get one, or a team like, say, the Giants, where they have Daniel Jones, who's okay, but you really don't want to commit over the top a price tag on it maybe the Dolphins with Tua where he's good but he's been banged up and you're reluctant to really back up the Brinks truck for him would you rather be in the Colts position or a team like the Giants or Dolphins yeah look I'd rather have someone than no one you know like look and Daniel Jones could get better um I know it's not ideal but boy like you know to illustrate that your the point is this like Let's say the Giants don't sign him or tag him. You don't think the Jets the next day are going to try to sign him in the same city? So Daniel Jones is far from perfect, but not having a quarterback is even worse. Mike Tannenbaum of ESPN. Nice enough to take some time with us. You can follow him on Twitter, at Real Tannenbaum. Mike, you mentioned a little bit earlier Jalen Carter and everything going on with him. Is Obviously, we have to wait to see how it plays out. So I know it's a big if, but is this something that impacts how far he could fall in the draft, or is he still about at the same grade, assuming there's 
I know it's a very delicate spot, but assuming there's nothing else that comes out that makes it problematic to take him. Yeah, no, I, look, I, I think it's really important that you get uh, all the information. I yep. mean, if we were running a team, guys, we just couldn't turn in the card until we know, like, the legal disposition had been worked out. So, um, yeah, I, it, it will materially impact things, in my opinion, until you know things are worked out. Mike, you're the man. Appreciate your time. Love the insight. Hope you have a good day and a good weekend. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, thanks so yeah, thanks so much for having me, guys. Appreciate yeah. it. Thank you. There he is, Mike Tannenbaum, former NFL GM, ESPN NFL analyst. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Brian No and Jimmy Cook here with you on The Fan. We've got a special guest here, Jimmy. Are you ready for this? Always. Your father joins us. Na- I'm kidding. It's not your father. It's uh, Kevin Bowen from Kevin and Query joining us here on the show. You know, Kev, I caught some of the morning show, and you got a big chuckle, like a hearty chuckle out of Shane Steichen when you said it's normally a grueling experience being alongside your co-host. That was an earnest chuckle. I felt like you might just walk off from that point on and just say, it's a wrap. I'm going home now, boys. Well, I, I'll be honest, Brian, my heart just skipped a beat when you said that I had a son that was the age of Jimmy Cook. I'm thinking to myself, oh, God, what a, wait a minute here for a second. Um, but I don't think that's mathematically nor humanly possible. But, yeah, Shane Steichen, a, a couple of hearty laughs. And, and I feel like based off the Shane Steichen interviews we've seen so far, that's that's not the most common thing in the world. So. I uh, enjoyed having him on. Uh, shameless plug, Kevin and Quarry, the podcast page. If anyone did not hear that, but uh, he is a very direct communicator, and he is not one that is in the uh, let's entertain a whole lot of questions that are not football related. Before we get into the meat and potato stuff of the Colts and the combine and the draft and all that, he did also mention Shane Steichen did that he's a Corona guy. What kind of guy are you there, Kevin Bowen? Well, I, you know, I was hoping that, you know, maybe he would throw us a shameless plug for some uh, local beverages, you know, maybe a little Sun King action. I know Peter King is having Shane Steichen do his event tonight, so I, I don't think there will be any uh, Corona available there. Um, I would probably go with a little Rheingeist, a little Gumball Head, um, uh, Three Floyds up in the Munster area. It, it, I'm a big favorite uh, as well. So uh, those would probably be the three that immediately immediately come to mind for me. Kev, you've been at the Combine all week. We talk about reading tea leaves and are the Colts actually giving anything away? Are they hinting at anything? Are they keeping things close to the chest? Any avenue you want to take this, what have been your biggest takeaways? What have you learned the most from your conversations so far this week? Uh, are you talking league-wide or more more Colts? More Colts-centric. I mean, unless you you have a uh, some tea you want yeah. to spill league-wide, you're welcome to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I'd say Colts-centric – I have to throw in this caveat, Jimmy, like this is lion season. You know, if the Colts are doing their job, none of us are going to know what they will do on April 27th. Um, And I would say there's not an event that is more like that in the NFL all year long. And when you have such a desperate position at quarterback and everything um, revolves around that selection, trading up for that QB potentially, you're going to keep it 
in house, and I'd be shocked if you know anyone kind of found out any sort of intel for the Colts. Um, you know, I, I did think that Ballard the other day sounded reserved and hesitant about trading up, which again, on March first or whenever he did speak to the media, I get that. You know, when you think back to when he drafted Quentin Nelson six overall in 2018, Ballard mentioned what sold him completely was watching him in, in person at the pro day. Well, none of these guys have had their pro days yet. I mean, that's typically late March, maybe even into April. So um, you're probably only about 50%, maybe not even 50% of the way through the evaluation process. You know, Will, Will Levis, for example, spoke to the media a little bit earlier today and said he hadn't even met with the Colts yet. I assume that'll happen. But you're just now getting into these one-on-one conversations with these guys. Obviously, Shane Steichen has probably watched very little college football, you know, quarterback film um, until he took the job here in Indianapolis considering what his previous job was and how great of a season the Eagles were were having. So I think for all those reasons, I understand why Ballard said that. And think about Ballard's MO. He does not like trading up, and he's been very hesitant to draft a quarterback in his history. So I I understand why he said that. Now, again, I think they will take a quarterback in round one. We can debate whether you stay there for or you trade up and all that. Uh, But I would say that was probably the biggest consensus from him earlier in the week was that, hey – uh, let's just pump the brakes on like right now on March 1st, we're unquestionably going to trade up. And obviously, why would he say that publicly? You know, Kev, I've been kicking this around the last couple of days because obviously the focus in this town is who the Colts are going to get at quarterback. But if you think about the Texans in the same division with a higher pick, who are they going to get? So from a Colts fan's perspective, who would you want the Colts to get of the top prospects? Who would you like to see the Texans get? if you could pick their top prospect? Boy, it's an interesting way to look at it. Um, And I guess before I answer the question, I'll just throw this in. I think the fact that Houston is sitting there, too, it would do wonders if you could move up above them. And I say could because, you know, Houston's sitting there with great draft capital. Um, They have the ability with the 12th overall pick along with the second overall pick to really be attractive to Houston if indeed they want to move back up to the number one spot. These four quarterbacks, I'm team Bryce Young. I think C.J. Stroud is really safe, and I know that comes with a negative connotation anytime you use the word safe. Um, I think he's a good player. I also think he had unbelievable talent around him in a conference where they were the superior opponent by three scores pretty much every week. And the other prospects that we're talking about, even Bryce Young, you cannot say the same thing for him. Um, So, you know, my order would probably be, Young, Stroud, Levis, Richardson. So I guess you go the reverse for what you would want to see the Texans wanting to do. I mean, honestly, I think you would want to see the Texans not pick a quarterback. I mean, you know, if you really want to get, you know, into it, I don't know if D'Amico Ryans has a sort of defensive authority that he can just make that call, but that would probably be the route that you would want to see them take uh, because this is a franchise that. You know, drafted Davis Mills does not look like he's going to be a franchise quarterback. They obviously, outside of Sean Watson, have really struggled in trying to find, you know, any sort of franchise draft pick to be their guy, even for multiple seasons. Um, now, I don't expect Houston to do that. I don't know. Maybe in the back of their minds, they're like, oh, yeah, we'll just get Caleb Williams or you know, Drake May next year. You know, that sounds good a year out. I, I think you never know how an NFL season is going to unfold and exactly what the draft order is going to, going to look like. I don't think anybody thought the Cardinals would be drafting three overall this year or the Colts would be drafting four overall this year, but that's how the season played out. So, yeah, I'd go reverse order uh, with that uh, for the Texans, but certainly on the defensive side of the ball. Kevin Bowen, nice enough to take some time with us. You can follow him on Twitter at KBowen1070. Of course, you hear him 
in the mornings here on The Fan, as well as our Colts reporter for 1075thefan.com. KB, I'm going to have you be the, maybe not deciding vote, because he and I aren't going to be swayed one way or another, but I'm going to have you weigh in on the never-ending debate between myself and Brian. It's the same conversation that's happening nationally as well. KB, he's turned me into a... A, a Bryce Young believer. He's turned me into a hardcore Bryce Young supporter because Brian keeps wanting to put a you must be this tall to throw at your pro day sign uh, or throw at the combine sign up for the young fellow. So so what are your thoughts on Bryce Young? And in general, does it scare you at all his frame as well as his height? Yeah, I, I, I'd probably be naive, you know, to act like it doesn't, you know, worry me a little bit. I mean, that's probably the only question about him, though. You know, to me, Jimmy, I keep on coming back to kind of three traits, poise, athleticism, and accuracy. And you could probably throw accuracy into poise. And I just feel like Bryce Young combines those traits more than any other prospect in the draft. I think he has so much poise. I think his eyes are always down the field. Um, I think he has a beautiful, just innate ability to know very light, very much like certainly the quarterback that you're a big fan of, Jimmy. And just, again, not panicking when chaos occurs around him within that pocket despite his size, which is really impressive. And also, I, I think Shane Steichen has the offensive background and the ability to work around that. And whether that's moving the pocket or trying to get Bryce Young you know, out into the open field a little bit more as a thrower, I think Shane Steichen can do some of that. And you know can take advantage of that. You know certainly from a durability standpoint, you would have a question. I also think injured guys come in all different shapes and sizes. You just, I mean, Paris Campbell never had injuries in, at his career, in his career at Ohio State. Then he has an injury-riddled season for three years, and then this year he plays every single game. Like any injuries can be a bit you know flukish, a bit kind of luck you know ish. Um, no pun intended there. So I I, I understand. You know, he would be the outlier, but I also see a guy that was good enough to play for the best team in college football and be a huge, you know, leader for them and be um, a guy that carried a lot of their heavy lifting. I mean, I brought up earlier C.J. Stroud and all the help he had around him. I'm not going to act like Alabama was playing with, you know, Noblesville High School skill players, but this is not the same Alabama skill group that Bryce Young typically or that Alabama typically has. I don't think Alabama's gonna have a guy, maybe Jameer Gibbs are running back, but they're not gonna have guys even on the offensive line taken very early in this draft. And of course he played in the best conference in college football. So I go back to an old saying that Dane Brugler, who I know you guys have had on the the, the show, the draft um, analysts from the athletic saying that I want a creator more than a passer at the quarterback position. Well, I think Bryce Young's a darn good passer, but I think more than anything, he's the best creator and the most accomplished creator. And you don't have to teach up a whole lot with him. And that's what I think is really, really attractive about him. And on the eighth day, Bryce Young rested. (laughs) That type of creator? Are we talking? I'm sorry, Kev. I know you're talking (laughs) a different kind of creator. I'm curious what your reaction would be. Kevin Bowen joining us here on The Fan. Kevin and Query, The Morning Show. Check him out. Every day, except on the weekends, or weekdays we're talking about here. What do you think about this higher ceiling talk, right? Like, think about Will Levis. Think about Anthony Richardson from Kentucky and Florida, respectively, because you have to throw that in there. You hear about them maybe having a higher NFL ceiling, but they need more refinement when you compare them to the Smurf Bryce Young or, or C.J. Stroud. So what is your reaction if the Colts draft either one of those two guys, Levis or Richardson, where they're selling you on this potential higher ceiling, but you might take your lumps for a year or two because they're not as refined as NFL ready right here, right now? 
Yeah, you know, I, I think I understand grouping them together. I do think they're a bit different. I think a lot of Levis's issues was more what was around him. You know, offensive coordinator turnover on a frequent basis, poor offensive line play. Don't think he had great skill either, um, and, and battled some injuries. Richardson, I just think it's a lack of experience. So while you would sit here and say, yeah, let's sit the guy for a year, I mean, you guys know this full well. There's no position in sports that's more different from practice in a game than, than quarterback. You literally wear a different colored jersey in practice. So I, I think you would almost have to throw him out there just to learn and get used to what life is like at this level and have the live bullets flying around you. So I, I just I look at Richardson's accuracy, and it really worries me. I think there's kind of an innate element that at some point during a game, you know, you've got to deliver the ball on target, beautiful ball placement, all of that. And I, I think that's harder to teach than, you know, even Shane Steichen said earlier this week, you can coach accuracy. Boy, I, I just, I think there's an element that you've got to be able to, you know, show up at the local carnival and you can fit, you know, ball into it, it, any sort of slot of what any carny has in terms of a game for you. Um, Levis is a little bit more of a guy that I would have some intrigue in, but again, I would not be totally sold on that. I, I think what you're trying to find, you know, I mentioned the poise and athleticism thing. As far as like projecting a guy to the next level, I think you're trying to find a happy marriage and, you know, he can handle it a good amount of it already, but there is some ceiling and there is some, you know, stuff that you can tap into again, kind of marrying that element to it. Because if you bank too much on all the measurables and all the potential, there's a huge bus factor. But if you go uber safe, then maybe you just kind of fall in the middle of what the AFC looks like quarterback wise and it's loaded right now. So where can you find that happy medium? Again, I think Bryce Young offers some of that. Kev, we're about four days away from when the window closes to place the franchise tag on a player. And then a week after that or so begins the league year and begins trading and free agency. Uh, you can structure that however order you want, but tagging free agency trades what do you expect to be the first or top of the docket for the Colts over these next eight to 12 days well you know it's wild to think of their biggest most important free agent was a guy that wasn't on the roster week one last year but I think that's the case I think it's the kicker (laughs) I think it's Chase McLaughlin so he would be a one that I would definitely resign I don't know if I stand on a table to resign anybody else um you know, the guy that I think will be very interesting case study for agency-wise would be Yannick Ngakwe. Um, you can fully acknowledge that Yannick Ngakwe was a guy that disappeared late in games. He's not a three-down player. How impactful were a lot of his sacks? All fair questions. You also can look at his numbers, nine and a half sacks, 15 games played, and 27 years old, and a frequent you know player in Gus Bradley's system. And that's very attractive. And those are numbers the Colts have not sniffed at defensive end in years. Plus, you got to look at Ngakwe's overall durability. That guy has played seven seasons in the league, and he's missed four games. And if you look at the defensive end the Colts would be banking on if Ngakwe were to walk, it would be Quiddy Pay. Quiddy Pay's missed seven games in two years. So you can't ignore the availability to me in that. Is Quiddy Pay maybe a better three-down guy? Sure, but I, I don't think you can ignore that. Um, you know, Bobby Okereke, to me, might be the best player that's going to hit the open market for you. I think you've spent too much a linebacker to bring him back. Um, so you're going to have to let him walk, in my opinion. I wouldn't throw the franchise tag at anybody. And, and then lastly, Paris Campbell. Um, I do think you bring him back on a short-term deal, injury incentive deal. Um, again, playing 17 games last year, great for him, obviously. 
but still, I don't think you hand him some three or four year deal. But I think he compliments uh, Alec Pierce and Michael Pittman well, and, and would show you even a little bit more with you know better quarterback play. Kev, I hope you have a great weekend. If you have some extra time, some free time. I urge you to not go out and see the movie Cocaine Bear. I saw it last night. It is freaking terrible. Oh, well, duly noted. Okay, this is like perfect movie weather day, though. Um, but I, I will make sure that I, that I jot that down. Thank you for that, Brian. Yeah, um, you're welcome. Now, Jimmy's shooting daggers my way, and he's like, I just I feel like I should flat out disagree with you just because of your stance on Bryce Young. You know, that's the way he's looking at me, right? He hasn't even seen the movie, and he's already disagreeing with me, I feel like, Kev. Well, Jimmy's eyes. I mean, if looks could kill, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I can, I, I can, I can only imagine what the uh, what the stair looks like right now. No doubt, Kev. Well, hey, man, have a good weekend. Thanks for the time, bud. We'll catch you soon. Thanks, Kev. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. I'm Brian No, He's Jimmy Cook. Here on The Fan, I want to welcome in Aaron Wilson. He's at iHeartRadio 790. Also does some TV in Houston at KPRC. Joining us here on the show. You know, before we dive into the Texans, I just can't help myself, Aaron. I hear Usher with the bounce back music from the great Eddie Garrison. I need to know your musical preferences. What's the uh, genre of choice for you, Aaron? Oh, man. Uh, I like more current stuff. I, I like rap. I listen to a little bit of electronic music sometimes. Uh, I'll listen to anything. I like some old school stuff. I like Frank Sinatra. I'm a big yeah. Frank fan. Uh, Generally, though, I, I watch a lot more TV than listen to music. But, uh, you know, if I'm in the car, if I find something good, I will sing along if I'm by myself. I, I'm too embarrassed to sing, you know, when I'm with my wife. But, uh, yeah, we, we have fun. She usually does the playlist, and whatever she puts on, you usually come with. But, you know, she's about 10 years younger than me, so she's got some – She's very current with everything. I she dig it, man. Of, we'll have some Sinatra uh, intro music for you next time, you know? Oh, I love Hit it. That That'd up. be cool. There you go. All right, so bring us up to date here, Aaron. What do most people want in terms of their quarterback with the number two overall pick? What's the general consensus if there is one in terms of do they want to move up to one? Do they want to move down? Is there a quarterback that is sort of in the lead position as far as the most popular guy, like what are Texans fans mostly saying right now? They want Bryce Young and I mean the fans and the team. It's not Bryce or bust. It's not gotten to that point. And, and a lot of people talk about trade scenarios. No one's talking about that. They'll all be conversations that people will have in April. So I would just say some that are reporting that are really overhyping something that's not the reality and it's just a matter of people want to you know get attention i think sometimes but you know the truth is you have to find out what does it cost what am i giving up what's behind door number two if i don't do it you know what's left if i stay at two if you're nick casera the general manager they'll have to be the architect of any of these potential moves and you know there's not really in my opinion a player that's that surefire that you should trade up for him. 
I think they should stay at two or trade back. I think that the trade-up scenario, the Bears are really going to hold your feet to the fire, even if you're just moving just the one spot. And one thing I've you know been able to, you know, I'm not reporting this as you know like they're locked in, but I've heard that the Colts really like C.J. Stroud. So you know while opinions can change, maybe this week changes things. You know the interactions they've had. You know, a lot of feedback about these meetings. And of course, everyone meets with everyone, and top quarterbacks are having meetings with the Colts and with the Texans and all of these teams. But they may not need to move up. And I think that's something that people need to keep in mind, and maybe they shouldn't. Aaron, you've had an opportunity this week with all the press conferences and different availability to talk to a number of the quarterbacks that are here for the combine, likes of Bryce Young, C.D. Stroud, we mentioned, but uh, other names that are there like Will Levis and like Anthony Richardson, any intriguing nuggets or anything, maybe open your eyes or move the needle one way or the other of Uh where you view them with your talks? I'm pretty interested in Richardson because I think his ceiling's higher than the other quarterbacks potentially just because of the athlete he is. But I really worry about his floor and he's inaccurate uh, he's a great athlete. He's got limited experience. He hasn't played as much football as these other guys, and that's a concern. Will Levis didn't play very well for Kentucky. I know he's got a great arm, and I think a lot of people think, well, I can coach him. I can get him where he needs to be. He's got incredible potential, but you're not hoping for potential with the first or the second pick. You're hoping for polish. You're looking for pinpoint accuracy. And you get that with Stroud. You know, C.J. Stroud from Ohio State, and you get confidence. You get a nice pocket presence. He's really tall. I think he's only scratched the surface of his potential. And, yeah, I would just say Richardson and Levis, I I don't think they're right there yet. Uh, I like them. And, you know, Levis is going to definitely throw, because as he said, he has a cannon. I agree with him. This is the perfect environment for him. And there will be buzz after both of their performances, especially like Richardson says he's going to run. I'm sure he'll run fast. It'll be impressive. It'll be very tempting. But to me, Young and Stroud are better. It's, I don't think it's that close between – there's a big drop, in my opinion, from 1 and 2, QB1, QB2, to QB3, QB4. Hey, Aaron, how much talk is there from Texans fans about – maybe not drafting a quarterback this year and looking to next year's draft when Caleb Williams and Drake May will be there. They say things like that. that They've got to start creating some hope and making some progress. To me, it's just not realistic. And I know people say, well, can't you sign a vet? And then you just try to get Caleb next year. I mean, how many games are you going to try to lose? And the whole idea of tanking is kind of offensive to some people, uh, and understandably so. Not so much. I mean, they're just kind of like, they want Bryce, and they'll probably be mildly disappointed if they went up with Stroud. Aaron Wilson, nice to take some time with us. You can follow him on Twitter, at Aaron Wilson underscore NFL. I saw that you had retweeted this from Sports Illustrated a little bit earlier today, Aaron, but Bryce Young gave a very honest response in regard to his size. That's going to be the talking point. I know you've done a number of hits on that same sentiment but does that mm-hmm. bother you at all in terms of man maybe they shouldn't take this guy or are you uh-huh. enough hyped up with his intangibles and what he brings to the table that his height and his frame don't matter 
I mean, my question uh, was that uh, I showed an opinion in the question, but wanted to get the the right kind of answer out of the right tone. I said, it has never stopped you from succeeding before in your football career. Is there any reason to think that it would stop you from being successful at the NFL level? Just kind of tee it up for him. And he gave a great answer, I thought. And he's very thoughtful about it. He was really impressive. His whole demeanor, the way he answers things, very respectful, real tactful young man. And he didn't, wasn't offended because I think he saw my tone. He just said, you know, I know what I am. I know what I can do. I'm not worried about it. As far as how I feel about it, you know, his passing lanes are a little bit different than others because he is short. And he's going to be 5'10", probably 7'8". My bet is he won't get 200. I think it's going to be close. So maybe like 196 to 198. We'll see. That's just my little educated guess. But I look at him and I think he's not as skinny as, say, like Devontae Smith. You wish he was built more like Kyler Murray, but, you know, that's not what he looks like. He Kyler's like almost like a small running back build, barrel-chested guy. And he didn't get hurt a lot at Alabama. That's one reason I'm not as concerned because I think his durability is not bad. And, you know, it's hard to hurt what you can't hit. I mean, he's, he's elusive. He's good at sliding in the pocket and staying, you know, upright. In my opinion, he'll – Probably be an exception where he can be a small quarterback and play well. He's Aaron Wilson. You see him on TV in Houston. KPRC TV also does some radio on 790 over there, the iHeart affiliate. Um, Aaron, it's I'm curious about this. If the Colts at number four dial up the Texans and say, hey, we want to make you an offer for the number two overall pick, what's the Texans' response knowing that they could be dealing a divisional rival, a quarterback they'd have to face over the next handful of years, the next 10 years, what do you think the Texans would say to that offer? No, thank you. <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe it might not be as polite as that. Maybe like, why are you calling us? <laughs> maybe Nick says, Chris, why are you calling me? What do you want? I'm not telling you anything. You fishing? They might tell them that. Uh, it just depends. I, I don't know their relationship. I think it's cordial, uh, but you know, it, it, it's, it would be interesting to see how that would happen. And Chris certainly would lack for the gumption to make that call if he thinks that's a good idea. Interesting idea. I mean, I'm sure you think about the idea. If you could move back and you kind of feel like maybe they indicate and they don't always tell you who they're trading up for, that's kind of proprietary. But what if they were really sure they're trading up for Stroud and Young is available? We'd rather have Young. That'd be interesting to me. In that same vein, Aaron, we were debating this from the the Colts' perspective. Are are you worried about standing pat and allowing the – Texans to take a quarterback of the future potentially. I know you probably don't know this from the front office's side of things, but from the fan base and from the way that it has been covered on your end of things, is there fear having two division foes so close and knowing that any point in time the missiles could be in the air, i.e. the Colts could trade up to number right. one to try to get in front of them? I think there's you know some trepidation, yes, and probably you know I, I, the fans that I see are the more rabid ones yeah. that are like they and they message me and they're they're concerned and they worry about 
and they want to know how was the meeting like like I'm in the meeting I mean it, it's just unrealistic expectations uh you know for how much you know information you can get and can, how much can you vet everything and is it even worth it but I would say it's intriguing because if they both do draft quarterback obviously with them being in the south division they're going to play against each other twice a year and they're going to be tracked and who's making more progress and you can see graphics already and newspapers being contemplated crafted i think it's tough you know and there's gonna be a lot of comparisons and who knows maybe it is stroud versus young for many years to come and you know that'd be good for both franchises because they both have their guy i could see it happening that way hey aaron good stuff man appreciate you popping on for a little bit today hope you have a good weekend you too. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you. There he is. Aaron Wilson does radio and TV over there in the Houston area.